This is Bob Dickey, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Leap Podcast. My guests today are Joe D'Arcangelo from Milford, Michigan, and Ken Herman from Sutton's Bay, Michigan. We recently had the opportunity to enjoy a pheasant hunt at the Thundering Aspens in Misek, Michigan. I asked the guys to join me on the podcast today to talk about our time together and the things that they have learned in life. You know, I always enjoy learning more about my friends and gleaning insights from their experiences. And boy, we had a lot of them during this hunt. I really think you're going to enjoy this one. So let's jump right in. All right. Well, Kenny, we were just joking. I, I'm actually recording right now. So we're, we're, yeah, we're going to, we're, we're going to use it. We're just a couple of buds just sitting back, having a good conversation. I was just uh, letting you know how much I enjoyed uh, spending time with you up there. Um, yeah, it was at your home. Home. yeah, it was awesome. I appreciate you taking the initiative to get us all pulled up there. Yeah, we're we're ready to do it again. You know that little cabin sleeps fourteen. Well, the, <laughs> the, ne- the next the next those beds were. Dude, I... <laughs> we're all close, but those beds, you guys, those beds were three four inches apart from each yeah. other. <laughs> and did you, did you have your own room at the fire hall? Actually, I did. Yeah. That was kind of a big deal, though. Yeah, you were. You were. I would bet it's because you were snoring. No, no, it's actually they're all individual beds anyway, mm-hmm. with an open door, so you had your own like kind of a privacy. They actually, the females had their own room with a door on it. Mm-hmm. But listen, guys, we had a guy that totally walked in his sleep all the time. Mm-hmm. I would put a fan in front of the doorway. Um, I close a chair and I'd, I'd wake up. He's looking over me like a, a guy. He just walked in his sleep all the time. His name was Chris. That was the scariest thing in the world, man. Dude, I know that's like that's usually something that happens like when you're a kid. But usually you kind of like grow out of it as an adult. You know, you don't have that same type of sleepwalking. So that is kind of scary. No, well, they changed the name of it to Peeping Tom or Stalker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time he, he he was up walking to sleep. He was in the bathroom. We had a bathroom right in there. So he was sitting down in the bathroom. Tones went off with a structure fire. I'm out getting all my stuff on in the truck. I don't see him anywhere. He decided to go all the way up back upstairs to the bunk rooms and actually get him off that to go to. He was sleeping. He didn't even know we had a structure fire. Oh so his house gosh. was burning down. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think that's a liability. At some point, you're like, dude, I know you want to be a fireman, but. This isn't working yeah. out. That's why you have a partner. Yeah. Blind surgeon. <laughs> well, Kenny, speaking of that um, that clubhouse you have up there, I want to I want to dive into the the hunt because the next time we go hunting, I would love to go when there's snow on the ground. It's a little cold. I'm not sure what you what you'd be hunting up there during the middle of the winter time, but maybe you can tell us. But I mean, we I had a blast. We did a little pheasant hunting, and that club you're a part of is super nice. It is set up, and it was. We can we can hunt pheasants in the snow there. Really? Yeah, yeah. How does your dog do in the wintertime? Well, the the challenge sometimes the birds would rather um, obviously they'd rather run than fly, mm-hmm. and and uh, in the wintertime until the snow gets so deep that they can't run without you know, having to plow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they also stand out pretty good, all those colors against that white backdrop. Yeah. And Buddy sometimes will uh, see them before he smells them. Okay. And then that's a track meet. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, because he's going and he's gotten a whole lot better as he's gotten over about, you know, making sure that he sets a pace that the hunters can, you know, do their part as well. Right. Otherwise, they flush the birds so far out that you just kind of wave at them, you know, it's like a jet leaving. So. <laughs> I, I love your dog, but Buddy is one heck of a dog. That you know, a, a great hunting dog. I couldn't believe how big he was, and that guy is fast. I so we were standing, we were getting uh, ready to go. We were uh, packing all the gear up at your house, and I think one of the coolest things I witnessed. Uh, he could not wait to get into the back of the truck. Actually, this is when we pulled up into the fields. I take that back. We pulled up into yeah. the fields, and uh, one of our guides was uh had his pickup truck parked next to us and he had the um like the the topper open but he didn't have the tailgate open and he had one of his dogs the hunting dog um in the back and buddy uh, like all fours looked like a kangaroo i mean just literally leapt not just up into the like the bed of the truck but over the gate i couldn't believe it it's like that's like six foot it's got to be five feet off the ground I mean, it just look standing still. Standing, standing still, just standing still. still. Just leaped. Just leaped, right? Like he was gonna, and just right up into the back. And this is a big dog. He's what does it say? Um, what kind of dog is he? The lab, lab, big black lab, and he's got to weigh what? Close to 100 pounds. I mean, he's, the thing is enormous. I was back down there last week, and uh, two of the other hunters that were there had labs, mm -hmm. and the guy also ran a lab. And I just told them there's. There's only two kinds of bird hunters in the world, those that hunt with black labs and those that wish they did. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I threw that out because so, I had the whole fraternity there that day. Yeah. Well, I can see why you're proud of him. I know you, 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 know, you, you talk up the dog in advance. He was like, man, he's going to go crazy, and he sure enough did. I mean, that, but I can see why you're so proud of him. That was a, that's an amazing dog. love him. You can talk about somebody's pickup. You can talk about somebody's gun. You can talk about how poorly they shoot. But if you insult the dog, now you could come to blows with somebody at that point. <laughs> he actually won a retrieving contest on Tuesday down there. Really? Um, different guy. He said, I'm going to run my black lab if you don't mind because your dog won't get a chance to retrieve. And I just kind of smiled. And uh, Johnny, who was our guide the day that we went yep. standing there and he said uh after sam said well it sounds like a challenge and i said well you take it any way you want mm -hmm. and uh and johnny said i'm betting on buddy well yeah. he finally let the dog out uh after we had hunted a little bit and uh we got in two passes we got six roosters and buddy retrieved all six his dog oh. didn't get a chance to grab one of them so mm -hmm. he put the dog back in the kennel and saved him for the afternoon oh that's awesome yeah wow. I, johnny's one heck of a guy to tell you what those those guys know how to do it right and you're right you you uh you can say a lot of things about you know, guns and trucks and you name it. But when you start talking about a man's dog, you better be careful. I mean, Johnny didn't know that I was a, uh, I have a golden retriever slash Irish setter mix. I remember asking him, you know, what were the best hunting dogs? And he, he stepped on one. <laughs> and he, he, he was like, he was like, yeah, uh, well, the one of the dumbest ones is uh, Irish setters. And I was like, and I immediately, I'm like, all right, we're going to blows, bud. Let me tell you about my Irish setter. She's amazing. <laughs> My little white sheet zoo of my my mother-in-law's I inherited was a real good one either. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the the uh, pattern interrupt that I threw in there at that point? 
when yeah. you said it with the cross. Yeah, yeah, you were. I could tell you were trying to like. Uh oh, let me de- uh, diffuse the situation here. <laughs> I, he looked at me like I was crazy, but I, honest to God, true story. I was told that a first generation cross, mm-hmm. you usually get the best characteristics of both breeds. Yep. But he he didn't seem to think that that was a no. true statement. No. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you that the the Irish Setter Golden Retriever that I have is hands down the smartest dog I've ever owned, and you know, she's amazing. I know I, she. I joke she's a hunting dog. I mean, I'm sure she was. Her ancestors were bred to hunt, but I haven't taken her hunting. But I mean, she's in terms of just like a a personal dog. She's been a a great companion. Yeah, great companion. But Bob, maybe not the. Smart, I mean, every time you go out of town, she hides in your closet underneath your clothes. So that's, that's I don't know a, if you call it that smart or love? Maybe love. It's loving. She she's upset. I mean, she's uh, she's extremely attached. And so yeah, that's a true statement. I've taken some pictures. I'll have to um, put it one in the show notes. But if I leave her, uh, and because uh, she. She goes with me during the day. I mean, she's with me. I mean, right now she's under my desk, right? So she comes with me to work every single day. Um, when she hears the alarm go off in the morning, she knows exactly what to do. She's got a routine. And uh, she does not like being left. And when I leave the house and I don't take her with me, she'll literally go into my closet and she will uh, wiggle her way back behind all of my clothes and she'll just lay there. She won't come out until I come home. So it's... Yeah, maybe she's a. She might be a little psychotic. <laughs> little Brandy says you have uh, made her into so uh, such a codependent. You know she doesn't function without you. So. Well, well, well true ki- love, Bob. Yeah, true love. That's your, it. Your kids don't bury themselves in the closet when you leave. Them. Well, luckily no. Not luckily no. When he yeah. Comes home. yeah. That's right. Maybe when he comes home. <laughs> Well, we got we got to talk about. Uh, I want to g- g- dive into some more of this hunting and all the various fun that Joe and I had. And but you know, Kenny, you've not been on the the podcast before. I know Joe, you you and your wife Laura have been on. Uh, so we've got listeners who know a little bit about you. But I'm going to ask you guys both the same question. But I, I want to. I feel like I got to learn a little bit more about each and every one of you. It's one of the things I love about spending time like outside of just regular. Uh, business settings, whether going on adventures, hunting, fishing, whatever the case may be, you just get to know people better. Uh, but Kenny, I want you to have an opportunity to you know share a little bit about your background and get uh, allow people to know a little bit more about you. So the question I have for you to start is, who is Ken Herman? How would you how would you sum yourself up? How would you what's your elevator pitch? Kim Her- Ken Herman. My elevator pitch. I guess, um, huh. well, you could have gave me that one last week. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I like making people laugh. Mm-hmm. I always had to the point um, where I think probably when I was in, in school, I didn't care if they laughed at me or not. I just wanted to make sure they were laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I enjoy working with with uh, kids, um, I went to. I started in, in in college after high school to be a teacher, um, and then chemistry class got in the road. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided if if you got to have chemistry to be a teacher, I guess I got to do something else. Um, but um, but I, 
was able to kind of fulfill uh, fill in that void with all the coaching that I've been fortunate enough to be allowed to do. I, I guess I would say it that way. I've run a couple of ski clubs. Uh, I've been a ski school director. I coached at the varsity level here at our local school, school I graduated from, both basketball and uh, baseball. Was asked to help coach the football team, but that would have been 13 months a year that I'd be volunteering my nights, and I had I had to kind of, you know, back away from that. But um, you know, I went into the building business because uh, I was a general contractor. My dad was in the excavating business. Uh, my family on both sides were were uh, business owners mm-hmm. in the trades, pretty much construction. Um, and you know, if I'm competitive to a point, my wife says to a fault, but mm-hmm. I'm competitive to a certain point, um, probably more than I should be, uh, maybe if if you can be. <laughs> um, and and um, if there's the hiccup or something going on around, that I, I don't mind if I can if I can offer assistance. Mm-hmm or advice from experience rather than just taking a wild guess at it. Mm-hmm. Um, free advice is worth what you pay for it, but sometimes it, it can be good. And I, I got, I've gotten so much back from the athletes that I have had the pleasure to work with uh, in high school, through our ski clubs, um, uh, you know, I did it for nothing, but mm-hmm. I gained a whole bunch from, from doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's, I kind of like helping out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Don't mind getting my hands dirty. If I, I get really frustrated when people look at a problem and say, we can't do that. I used to tell the, <laughs> the kids on the basketball team that the bleachers and the benches were full of people that couldn't mm-hmm. or thought they couldn't. I was just looking for those that thought they could, um, so, you know, when in the building business, I remember a, a specific situation where I had five people on my crew telling me we, we weren't going to be able to get that cast iron tub in the building unless we had some special machine. And I said, well, we don't have a special machine and the owner wants it in the bathroom. So that's where we're going to put it. <laughs> and, uh, don't tell me we can't do it. Yeah. We're going to. Mm-hmm. And about an hour later, it was in there yeah. after we uncreated it. But, and so that's 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 who I am, I guess. Um, I, I would rather have you ask my wife that question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she'd be able to give a, a great response. Um, if, I, if I can add to that, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry, Kenny. If I can add to that because you're so darn humble. You know, Kenny is a staple in that community, Bob, as you know. His family's been well-known. Uh, as a, he's a family man, the leader of his family, the leader of many organizations up there. Mm-hmm. There's street names after the Hermans up there. Mm-hmm. There's businesses named after the Hermans. And so everywhere you go out there, people know who Ken and Kathy Herman are. Mm-hmm. So I know he's not going to say all that, but that's why he lives up in Sutton's Bay. He's, that's his home. That's mm-hmm. where he's. That's where he lives. And uh, we're just happy to have him as a partner in everything we do. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I know he wouldn't say all that, but I just want to add that in. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I, I remember uh, we were driving past a, a, a park, and it was named um, was what was it um, Herman Way, right, or Herman Park, or something. And, and I was like, "Is that is that named after you guys?" And and Ken, you're like, "Oh yeah, it was you know fa- this such and such family." But yeah, it's 
it's a beautiful place up there. And um, I could tell everywhere we went, you were well-respected, well-known, and you've done a great job of putting down roots in that community. I think everything that you've shared with me just now uh, resonates with me. It's something that I took mental note of as we were um, staying with you over the weekend and you were showing us around the house. Um, virtually nothing you talked about was regarding, you know, your business or your work. Uh, your life wasn't defined by that. And a lot of times, like when you're getting to know somebody, uh, that they immediately gravitate to, well, this is what I do, um, things like that. And as we were walking through your home, uh, all the stories were about the kids that you had coached and mentored as you were growing up. There's pictures of baseball teams and football teams and basketball teams. And, you know, you, we took a look at your little ski shop, right, where you had your skis and you've talked about all the, you know, you go out to Colorado and you coach kids and, you know, ski camps. And then it was, you know, we went over to the, the hunt club and all the, the things that you've done with your, your own children over there. And you could, there was just so much, um, you're passionate about these outdoor activities, but uh, more importantly, you were passionate about sharing that. Some people like to participate in activities. You're the person, the, the type of person who likes to participate in those activities, but more importantly, likes to share them with others and help other people have success in those activities. And I think that's exactly what you did with Joe and I, right? Like we've, I've shot, um, I do a little a target practice from time to time. I love sporting clays, but I would not classify myself as a, uh, a pheasant hunter. I've done it one time prior to this. And uh, I had an absolute blast with you. By the, by the end of the day, you made me feel like I was a, um, a real hunter. <laughs> I, was, I was holding up pheasants and uh, have, having a blast. No pun intended. <laughs> you know, you guys, I, I, my first exposure to both of you around firearms was at this, when we shot sporting clays. Mm -hmm. And the transition, that's a, that's, a lot of guys can hit clay targets. But I'm I'm pretty sure the first five birds that the dog brought back, I didn't shoot. I know I didn't mm -hmm. shoot. I you two guys shot them. And I had somebody on the team ask me, because they saw some of the photos, <laughs> Joe has, did Joe really shoot that or was he just holding one? You know? <laughs> I, I didn't kill a bird uh, for twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, or longer than that. Um, you guys got, I know you got at least the first five, if not more than that. Um, and so it was nice to see your transition from uh, sporting clays where you got ready, you had the mm -hmm. safety off, you had the mm -hmm. gun up, you called pull, mm -hmm. to walking along and having to do all that while you're identifying a target. Mm -hmm. um, that's not an easy transition. And I think it probably... And this kind of pains me to say this, but uh, in, in one respect, it, and it doesn't pain me. <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way, but you guys are athletes, both of you, and that's and that's why you're able to make that that transition. And that was my response to you know, there's no we know about Bob's accolades athletically, but I didn't realize that that Joe was, you know had all those varsity letters and all those medals and ribbons hanging someplace, you know, <laughs> that's another podcast guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you, the other thing is, is that even before the sporting clay thing, mm -hmm. both of you, um, you were interested in the shotguns mm -hmm. and, and, 
and learning a little bit about that. And then the night before we went hunting, you ask, and I understand it's more about, hey, what 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 should we be prepared for tomorrow? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Be a clothing, be a be boots, because you've not been there. It's that fear of the unknown, right. and and uh, or not fear, but curiosity, maybe mm-hmm. about the unknown. But um, you know, I you kept asking questions, and and yeah, this is not always the case with me. I. I waited for another question before I gave an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually, I can go. I can. I can rattle on if I have to, if I'm yeah. allowed to. <laughs> that was one of my th- my favorite things is just ask a question and then the, and hear you, you know, be able to take it. It's like you you had knowledge and insight on everything that we were asking. I just I was just taking mental notes and it's one of the things I love to do in life is experience things that are new. Right. So as you get older. And as you you do more and more things, it, it it can be challenging. Sometimes people like to get into a rut, right? They like routine, and I think the richness of life is breaking out of those routines and doing things, figuring out things that you can do that it's the very first time that you're doing it. It's a new experience because it like it triggers a different part of your mind of like of the the, the newness. Um, and the anticipation, the excitement, and the learning and growing. So, I, so I, I loved the the process of even driving from Tennessee up to Sutton's Bay, right? Thinking about it in the car ride up, the anticipation of the hunt, um, and then being able to ask you questions. I mean, one of the things that was fascinating for me, and I wanted to get, maybe get into this a little bit. Uh, Joe, prepare yourself because I'm going to be asking you the exact same question. Who is Joe Darkangelo? I want to you know, hear your your insight, but. Um, I've really enjoyed Kenny uh, learning more, even just about the shotguns and going to the uh, uh, the store there that you've got and being able to take a look at like I, I've got you know your your basic shotguns, but more for uh, self defense as opposed to you know uh, sporting clays and pheasant hunting and things along those lines. Uh, so to see some of the artwork on these guns and to realize that. Uh, you know, entry level, you can get in there for a few grand, but I mean, there were $50,000 shotguns from London in there and the, the intricacy of all the design and you knew all these different patterns, you knew the different brands and just to be able to hear you talk about this. I was like, I just, I love being around someone who is passionate about um, things in life and they've done a lot of due diligence to understand it. It's just, it's so rich. And so, they wouldn't even let us take those out for a test run either. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> I'll bring this back in a couple yeah. hours. Shotgun. With some mud they caked all over it. They don't rent those. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to get back into the shotguns because, Kenny, I want to hear you uh, give some insights and all that. But it truly is an art form, right? The, the, these, uh, the craftsmanship and the art on, the, uh, on these uh, firearms is just absolutely beautiful. But. For Joe, for people who may be new to the podcast or not listened to a previous episode, uh, who's Joe D'Arcangelo? Well, I'm Joe D'Arcangelo, the husband of Laura D'Arcangelo first, well, right? I've well been said. married 31 years and two adult children. We live here in Milford, Michigan, and um, uh, my two adult children are 29 and 27. My 27-year-old daughter just got married, and... My 29-year-old uh, son is getting married in Italy next year, and so he's he lives what? up in Telluride, Colorado, running a restaurant out there. Uh, so yeah, so first of all, I'm a family man, but I've been a business owner, businessman for a lot of years. I used to be in the food business, pizza business, 
years ago, uh, but I just love being an entrepreneur and doing things like this hunt that we all did, you guys together, just fun. I mean, that's me. Mm -hmm. That's what we love doing. I love spending time with family and friends and just having a good old time because um, association and, and community and just having fun and uh, relationships are everything. So that's what I think I'm all about. I try to do my best to, to serve and help other people. And um, it's just fun. Just live life. You know, mm -hmm. one thing's for sure. We all know that tomorrow's not guaranteed. And, um, you know, as you go through your day, as you get a little older, I just, I, I realize that more, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I heard someone say one time that life's like a roll of toilet paper. The closer you get to the end, the faster it mm -hmm. goes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. So I'm in a stage in my life now that I just turned 24 that <laughs> just joking, <laughs> that, uh, you know, it's, it's all, I want to make a difference. I want to, yeah. I want to, I, you know, I, I've been to a lot of funerals. I want, I don't want to be that guy. Just people have some potato salad and, they go on with their life, so I want to make a difference out mm -hmm. there. And some of that difference hanging out with you two great fellas uh, like we do. So thanks for your guys' time and all the fun that we have. Well, Joe, one of the things that I love uh, about you is when I, when I think of Joe D'Arcangelo, one of the things that I think of is a guy that just sucks the marrow out of life. Every time I'm around you, you uh, it, it, I, I've never been around you where you've had a bad day. I've never been around you where you're not having fun and where you don't have a big smile on your face. And it, you, when you're around Joe D'Arcangelo, people are having fun. And, um, you know, I, I think especially now and everything that's going on in the world around us, it's like your type of personality and the way that you live life, it's contagious and people enjoy being around you. I, it was enjoyable being on this hunt, being able to, you know, chat with you, chat with Ken, learn together, um, you know, see you uh, get birds and you know, just, we, we just had an absolute blast. And then of course, the other thing is that um, one thing that you didn't mention is that you've got a nephew that is playing uh, football at the university of Illinois. And they are on, I think they're what the records four and one they're, They've got the number one running back in the country. He plays uh, linebacker and just the, oh, this year, Right to hear the stories, how you're traveling and going and, and participating in these games. And right after this hunt, you went over to Wisconsin to watch them uh, put a whooping on Wisconsin. Uh, but to to see how much fun you're having with that, living that experience, learning from him, right, seeing what it's like to be a, an NCAA a college athlete at a top program, uh, learning all the ins and outs behind it, and just so it was, it was, it's fun to watch you have fun and to see how you're supporting your family. Um, yeah, maybe you, you can share some insights to some of the things that you're learning in that respect here, uh, with all the listeners. Uh, you know, it's so funny because, uh, I'm going to be, uh, doing a talk at a national training event coming up here mm -hmm. next week. And a lot of that is about full commitment and being all the way in. And a lot of it is based on his story from where he started to where he's at now, where we think he's going to be. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear a lot of that uh, next week, but, uh, I was just finishing writing up, doing some PowerPoint and everything mm -hmm. this morning and. Laura, I can't, I had my wife come up here to the office. I said, Laura, look at this. What do you think about these pictures? Even though I already sent them in, mm -hmm. you know, to, to the IT to get it approved. But, and as I got through the end of it, I started crying. Like, mm -hmm. like this is like, she goes, oh my God. And Laura's crying. This just happened 20 minutes before this podcast. Oh, wow. And the only reason I tell you that is because it is emotional. It is like, we're trying to go to every one of his games. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, between my brother's six kids and my two, uh, he's, uh, 
that allowed him to play professional sports, mm-hmm. but not at this level going mm-hmm. where we think he's going to go. And not to just mess, he's the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. And he got, like, he just texted me a little bit ago. I asked him to send me a picture of something that we were all at. And he said, just love you, Uncle Joe. That's all. He, so mm-hmm. there's a lot to that. There's lots yeah. of family. There's lots of, um, and being able to do that every weekend and seeing different college stadiums. It's been a, it's been a blast, man. And, you know, there's only one senior year in college football. That's it. And uh, unless they extend him for one year through the turn, you know, or he goes to the NFL draft, whatever it is, but we're we're like we're leaving again early in the morning tomorrow for Illinois. They're gonna they're gonna pro- hopefully put a whooping on Iowa, and uh, we'll be there for a couple of days. It'll be fun though. No, learn great. a lot. There's a ton. There's a ton to learn from someone that's all in with full commitment, and that's yeah. what Isaac Darkangelo's got for sure. That's the only way to live life. I, I, I there's people in my life that. I know that are not all in on anything. It's almost like they're just kind of they're they they they're willing to show up and they just kind of I hate to say it, but it just feels like they take space, right? And they're just like kind of sleepwalking a little bit through life. And um, I don't enjoy hanging out and being around people that are that have that mentality. I love being around people like you and Ken and your your, your nephew who are whatever they're doing, they're all in, right? And um, yeah, it's, it's a great way to, to to live life and to learn and to grow. Speak speaking about being all in, Ken. So tell it. We were we were a hundred percent all in on this hunt. So w- walk us through, um, walk us through the, the 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 prep work, right? And you know some of the things that you're doing because I know you got this set up in advance. And this was a, uh, a we actually had a promo within our our company. Uh, for, so for people who uh, hit um, a certain sales goal, uh, we're able to come along on this trip. And uh, unfortunately, Jim Martin, who's a, a, a good friend of ours and was going to be on the trip with us, um, the hurricane down in Florida kept him locked in, and he and his family were uh, had to kind of hunker down there. And they, fortunately, they and the rest of our uh, community members in the Florida area are all, are all okay, but they weren't able to be up. But walk us through the, the prep work uh, for a hunt, and are are there any parallels in life in terms of preparation? I mean, how I, like I feel like there's all no matter what you do in life, preparing for success is extremely important. You don't just wake up the morning of and just grab your shotgun and be like, all right, let's go. But there's there's things that you do to prepare to be successful in the hunt and in almost any endeavor in life, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. And and I'll go back to the dog. Mm-hmm. You have to prep in a way that the dog doesn't know what he's going to do in the morning or he doesn't sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And if the dog's not sleeping, nobody's sleeping. Yeah, you, you, uh, you told us, you're like, do not, you know, don't bring any hunting gear out. Don't, I've got to make sure that the dog doesn't know that we're going hunting tomorrow. Otherwise he'll be bouncing off the walls all night long. And I didn't let him, uh, I, I normally let him ride in the back of the, in, in the back seat of the pickup with, if we go down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I couldn't do that because he'd have trampled both you and Joe uh, in his. And so when I went, I went again this past week and I let him ride in the back seat because it was just me going down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't do that again. He can ride in the back seat on the way home because he's pooped. Mm-hmm. But he just, you know, he had the windows fogged up. Yeah, I, I know it was pookiness. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know he's, a, he's part of a, one of the tools mm-hmm. that, that we have. You you stepped almost stepped on a bird, 
it almost took your hat off when it flew up. Mm -hmm. That's the only bird we would have we would have seen without the dogs. Yeah. So you know, I, I literally stood right on top of a bird, and all of a sudden, just like almost, it could have flown up my shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I it's and and and, but that's the one that mm -hmm. we'd have seen. Yeah. You know, the dogs, the dogs identify. You know, they're they're for sure the you know the tool that we need. And it's amazing. They were radar. They flushed them all. They just they knew exactly what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And and. Uh, you know, so the other thing is, is just um, turning you guys over to Johnny when mm -hmm. we got there. Because, you know, there's liability issues at the club that, mm -hmm. and safety issues, and, and they can't afford to let something that's maybe an unsafe practice go unnoticed. And he did comment when we left that, uh, you know, it was a really enjoyable day. I think he was really happy that we limited out early, mm -hmm. um, which made his afternoon a little bit better or easier. Mm -hmm. But um, he also said that, you know, the guys had no problem with the safety issues, uh, any of that kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, but, you know, I got to have water for the dog. I got to have mm -hmm. something for him after the hunt, mm -hmm. uh, you know, make sure that we've got the right ammo. It goes back to the, the you know, the right tools for the mm -hmm. job is what it really boils down to. Um and then you turn it over to the guide. You know, mm -hmm. it's almost like you're getting on an airplane. And different guides operate differently down there. One of the guides down there, he really doesn't, he almost acts like he doesn't know where he wants to go next. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, but Johnny, obviously, um, you know, he had a plan for the for the day as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I always let him know who, how many hunters I'm bringing um, and how much they've hunted. And, you know, they prepare accordingly as well. So, you know, it's, you learn what's necessary and unnecessary the night before and the, the day of by, you know, repetition in that activity. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to take six gallons of water down there for the dog. Now I take a half gallon because mm -hmm. I know there's water on the property that yep. the dog's going to have access to. Um, I used to put, when I first started going there with our, our over and under shotguns, I would put a different size shot in the second barrel than I used in the first barrel, which is just more to manage. Mm -hmm. You know, now you got different shells at different pockets and, mm -hmm. and that was unnecessary. And just as a result of not thinking about it, because you're never going to plan it out right, right the first time, but just um, going down there, doing it, okay, um, PDCA it, if you will. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't need two sizes of shells. Um, I guess I don't need to be carrying this much water. Mm -hmm. um, you just need yeah. a lot of shells. <laughs> just Yeah. And Joe followed instructions. Boy, yeah. Johnny said, shoot, Joe shot. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all good. We didn't go down there to watch him fly. Wow. We went down there to shoot. So Nothing that, happens until you shoot. That's, that's right. right. My my grandpa Grace said, can't hit him if you don't mm -hmm. shoot. And uh, can't argue that one. <laughs> Bob, he had, he had me shooting at, at birds that were, I seriously, got to be 60 yards away. He said, shoot anyway. I swear he was selling us the ammo or something. <laughs> yeah, I saw a couple that, that looked like a speck in the sky, and you were still blasting at them. I was like, well, we'll I see. I don't think there was a couple that he shot at. The birds never heard the gun go off. <laughs> <laughs> 
you, you know, as you're, you're talking about the prep work there, Kenny, um, it's in, it's interesting. It's like you you have to do the prep work in advance to have a successful hunt. Um, but there's also this element of managing the energy, right? So like you, you intuitively knew that you had to manage the energy of the dog. You had to get them ready. But if your dog, Buddy, spent all of his energy bouncing off the walls of your house and the truck and showed up at the hunt spent, he's not going to get anything done. And because um, where you want the dog to spend its energy is in the field flushing the birds that's where they're going to be successful i I would say i see a parallel in life like in in track and field or in cross country when i was in college there were uh, folks that i knew of that were world class at expending a ton of energy in the off season and you would and like all the plans and this that the other and just and they would come in to the season in tip-top condition and problem is championship season is in October, November, SEC championships, national championships. And I tell you what, they would be world beaters at, you know, the first, the first race of the season. And literally they wouldn't even make the team in October and November. Um, so it's to be successful. I think you've got to manage, you got to manage your energy. Um, you got to manage. And so, I think that there's a parallel to that in business as well, right? So the understanding, right? Like there's, there's some people who will just like spend so much time talking about what they're going to do, talking about the plans, making the plans, all that type of, but Hey, at the end of the day, are you good? Do you, are you expending energy where it matters most in execution mode or like, like buddy flushing those birds? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think Joe, do you remember? The, I remember, Johnny told you two things while we were there. He actually told you one thing in particular, your index finger um, on your left hand. And then he mentioned to all of us, um, if more than one bird goes up, make sure that you focus on one bird. Mm -hmm. And, and that rings true in everything that we do, but I, I don't, that might be something you want to, want to share, but I remember when he said that, make sure you don't shoot at the cubby, shoot at one of the birds. In the mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, for sure. Right. You know, when we started, uh, you know, you talked about you didn't hit the first few birds and I wasn't paying attention, but I was writing it down. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah. But we, we were watching, you know, think about this guys, we were walking through that field and at the beginning, we didn't even know, at least I didn't know. You guys have been pheasant before. I didn't even know what I was shooting at. I knew something go up. I saw little things go up. I didn't know what. I just know not to shoot you two, Johnny or Buddy, right? <laughs> so the, the first couple of shots, we missed the three first three or four shots, right? Mm -hmm. But we were getting uh, warmed up. Now, many people could say, listen, I missed the first three shots. I'm done. I'm never going to hit anything. But I knew eventually, you know, uh, there's power in numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So as we're walking through there, and then, um, then we hit a couple, got lucky. And then, then you went on a, I kind of went on a cold spell. And then Johnny, our, our guy just said, Hey, Joe, like Kenny was just talking about, put your finger, just point to it, put the finger on the bottom of the barrel. Now I've been shooting a lot of guns and whether it's from the police department years ago or just wherever at ranges and everything, I've never done that. Right. So, but I've never shot birds that were flying away from me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, by just putting that finger out there and pointing mm -hmm. the next five or six birds, I think I hit right away. Right. Yep. But then what happened, but 
if I was, if I, I could have said, well, listen, I've been shooting a lot of guns for a lot of years. I would have never shot another bird. So I was able just to take his advice. I'm like, that was mm-hmm. a, I told Kenny for everybody on this podcast, I said, Kenny, I've known you for a long time. And you've never told me to do that. I've been shooting with you. You've never told me to do that. Why is Johnny just met me today? You got to tell me. Mm-hmm. So we started hitting things, right? Yeah. And then uh, then after a while, I kind of forgot about it because I was totally focusing on it. Then when I was just putting my gun up to shoot, mm-hmm. I missed a couple more, right? But um, the point of that whole thing is just um, counting on what people are. Yeah, they're really uh, mentoring you, coaching you what mm-hmm. to do, and trust because he's the this guy's a pro i mean yeah. for sure so uh that, that i just want to comment a little bit on that whole finger pointing thing so i'll always do that now yeah. such a simple little thing to do right and it just it goes to show that when you're when you're trying something or learning something getting around an expert who's been there and done that and johnny was able to intuitively just take a look at you i mean you, you, you'd been around him a handful of like 30 minutes right and he was like oh hey joe by the way do this just point point with your finger underneath the shotgun and it was like you you took it and it just a little tip like that and your success rate was went from wherever it was to i mean it was just an enormous improvement right I just, it was so good. I had birds hanging on my belt. Your pants Your britches were falling down, <laughs> and so many birds hanging off your pants. That's 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 great insight in terms of no matter what we're trying to do in life, find an expert, get around them, ask questions. Right. So you were you were humble. You were inquisitive. You didn't walk in and be like, "Dude, I'm a police officer. I've been shooting guns since I was like five years old. I know what I'm doing." You were asking questions, right? Yeah, no, for sure. And you could tell that John, the giant just knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he lives a family business. He lives, he breathes it. He knew, he knew, he knew when he was like, Buddy was getting birdie. He'd say, getting birdie. So we'd all remember that mm-hmm. guys would say, get, he's getting birdie. And it was just sitting there waiting, like something was going to happen. Right. And so the dog knew, but what was so cool. The best thing I loved about the dogs, not, not just that those dogs were awesome, is that when that birds went down 60, 70 yards away, None of us had to go run after getting those birds. Those <laughs> buddy just brought it right back to you. Yep. <laughs> that was the best. Yeah. You know, uh, it's again, like you said, Joe, he's got, he had the fruit on the tree. Johnny, I, I had to tell you, he's a world-class taxidermist. You know, he's only guiding because they're short of guides. He should be working on taxidermy, but I didn't know that. it's the family business. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's, a. I told you this, Bob, it's a kind of place mm-hmm. to just to give you a feel for what it was. Cause I knew this mm-hmm. would resonate, or I thought this would resonate with you is that you wouldn't mind having your kids grow up around these guys. Yeah. No, they're, you know, they were world-class in every way. What you, just for our listeners, uh, what, what's the name of the, uh, the hunt club that you're a part of just so they can. It's called Thundering Aspens. Thundering Aspens, um, and it's not actually in Sutton's Bay. It's close by. What's the town township it's in? A little town called Mesick. Um, yeah. Not far from Cadillac, an mm-hmm. hour, hour yeah. and 15 from Grand Rapids, which mm-hmm. most people might right. be familiar with. Um, we like to keep it a secret. No, we don't want to keep it a secret. <laughs> not anymore, Kenny. Not, not anymore. anymore. Um, <laughs> But that you know, I went down there. I, my 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 first reason for going down there is is um, I wanted to get my son when he started hunting mm-hmm. around some some birds. Mm-hmm. And 
the grouse population where we live, it kind of cycles. It, it can go to be, it can be not many birds around for a couple, three years, and then it'll start to come back up, and then you can go out and take a walk and maybe get 10 flushes in two hours. Um, and that's, that's not how you want to break in a mm -hmm. newbie. You want them to get some action, and that was one of the reasons that I started to poke my nose around mm -hmm. down there. And then, of course, seeing the dogs work, that was a whole other thing that I had to get into pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, the club has dogs. You don't need a dog to go there. But it's way more fun watching your dog than it is yeah. a dog, even though they're awesome. Yeah. You bring up something interesting with Johnny. I, I, I loved on the on his truck. I, um, I don't remember the exact phrase, but I, I believe it, it was. It, I know the word artistry is used. I think it's maybe taxidermy, artistry, or something, right? And right. wildlife artistry. Wildlife yeah. artistry, yes. And walking through his shop, like he opened up his back door, you could t you could immediately see the amount of pride he took in his work. Um, the in, the inside of this club is spectacular, but then you go back into his shop and you see, you know, all the the fish and all the wildlife that he is working on uh, for his his artistry, and he just, he he truly was and is a an artist, right? He is so dialed into his craft. He's won world the, the world championship for uh, taxidermy, and I think the story that you shared with me is that uh, one year he won first, second, and third place prize, and they asked him not to come back, which is that's kind of a that's kind of a boss move to take that's top three positions. Judge. Yeah, um, but you know, no matter what, I think whenever I'm around somebody who is passionate about what they do and they really treat it as an art form, it's it's motivating, right? And so, I, and I think that you can do that no matter what it is, whether it's a taxidermy, you saw that with uh, with Johnny, um, but you know it's Steve Jobs, right? Like in, in computers, you think, well, can you be an artist in computers? I mean, are, you hear, remember the story when he would, early on, uh, he would have the the engineers that had worked on a computer uh, on the inside of it. The very first one they would do, he'd take it apart and he'd have everyone sign the inside of the uh, the cover for the computer. And I, one of the stories was one of the designers or engineers was like, well, why are you having us do that? And Steve's comment was, real artists sign their work. And, you know, so no matter who you are around or what, what you do, when someone takes it serious and wants to be the absolute best at it, it's just, it's it's beautiful. It's art. And you enjoy being around those types of people. And that, that I felt that way around Johnny. Um, and, you know, it, I, I think that's one of the reasons why you enjoy going to that club is because they see this as an art form uh, in every aspect of it. Right. The, the, the customer service, the experience, the, um, the, the way they guide, the, 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 the way the dogs operate. You have the best teeth in the world, too, man. Man, yeah, million dollar smile for sure. Yeah, the, the smile, the teeth, man. Was... What, what is it you think about us that we are motivated uh, and excited to be around people who are passionate with whatever pursuit that they're doing in life? Well, what's exciting about that is just excitement itself, right? Mm -hmm. I think um, we've been around a lot of people that, uh, yeah, I always tell the story of my grandmother. You know, she has passed away many years ago, but we loved her to death. But every time you ask her how she was, 
and this is when I was a little boy. I mean, it's like, hi, Grandma. Hi, hi, Joey. You know, all this going on. And, and it's always, you ask her, even as a grandmother, she'd always say, well, my left hip's hurting. My right knee's not right. My, I beat up your grandfather. You know, I'm, not, not, I'm joking. But, you know, all these things were ailments were happening. And then by the time I was done, I loved my grandmother. But it's, it always felt like it drug me down. Mm-hmm. Then when I was around other people that were up, now, now listen, not everything's perfect in life. Right. We know that. We have all, all bad days. But I just found that everybody's got their own day going on and um i just i just i I gravitate to people that are um just full of life Mm -hmm. right and just because it's more fun i i I truly believe that you can get more done in a day when it's fun Mm -hmm. i truly believe it's more when you have more energy um i mean think about this when you get up in the morning to go on vacation it's a lot different if you get up in the morning to go to work if you have a job, right? So it's it's a whole different, why? Because you're gonna have fun, right? But if you have fun at a job, it's also can be fun. Like for, when I was a volunteer firefighter for all those years, I didn't like getting up at three or four in the morning for a structure fire or cardiac arrest or choking or whatever it had to be. But it was, I'm not saying that was fun, but the adrenaline was enough to, you'd enjoy what you're doing, not to, not to be fun, but if someone's gotta do it, I wanted to be the guy to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, but the point being is just more, anytime there's more excitement around, I think the day um, uh, just goes shorter. Uh, not that we want our days to go shorter, but you get, I, I just think for me, I get more out of it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I gravitate mm-hmm. to it. That's great insight. Can I add something there just to yeah. Joe Brooklyn thought with me when um, you mentioned your grandmother, my, my mom's mom, my grandma Gray, um, my grandfather told me that if I liked to hunt as much as my grandma did when I was first starting to hunt, that I'd probably be a pretty good hunter. And so it's, it's, she was, she was the one that kind of got me into it mm. a little bit, you know? Um, wow. That's interesting. interesting that you mentioned your, your grandma, um, it made me think about my grandmother in, in that, in that regard. And, and, uh, she was and and she was always excited about any success that that we had hunting, especially if I was the oldest grandchild mm-hmm. of a whole bunch. Uh, but any success that they had hunting over the years, you could call grandma. And grandma could tell you who got mm-hmm. a deer on what day of the season, and if uh, they got it with a gun, if it was a bow and arrow, because mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, my first trip out west to to hunt out west was with her, and she outshot my grandpa. Mm. So, did, Kenny, did you did get your hunting skills or love for hunting from your grandmother, though? I think so. Yeah. Mm. yeah so, why I, did Bob and I get the first five birds? <laughs> he led us. One hundred percent. He led us. <laughs> no, no, no. I know. <laughs> Yes, he well, did. My grandma was very gracious and always served others first. Yeah, that's right. that's, <laughs> a, that's a great answer. Talk, just so you know, we know you let us have those first five birds. We know I you. did not. That's not in my DNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not. Um, and if you remember correctly, and 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 I was I was uh, um, shooting a gun that I hadn't shot in a while, mm-hmm. and I'm not blaming the. Uh, the equipment by any stretch of the imagination, but I was making a basic mistake. Mm-hmm. And, and when I finally re- I, I shot a bird and then I, all of a sudden it occurred to me what I hadn't been doing. Mm-hmm. And then things went a little better for me after that. Um, 
and but it was I, I had a, I got a, I wrote it down mm-hmm. here just while we, you were talking. I had to go back to the basics, mm-hmm. and if you don't put your cheek down on the stock of the gun, um, it, the shot's not going where you're intending it to go. Mm-hmm. Is what it really boils down to, and uh, you know the worst thing that I can do when I'm shooting pigeons or clay pigeons or wild game uh, that's flying is start thinking about aiming. Mm-hmm. You just pull up and, and react. And if you, it's called mounting the gun. If you mm-hmm. mount the gun correctly, it's things are going to work out with, with a positive yeah. result. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, but what you said, it really made me think about what my grandfather said about uh, about my grandma. Mm-hmm. If I liked to hunt as much as she did, things were gonna go weren't gonna go well. So it's kind of cool. Well, speaking of you guys, both gave uh, memories and stories of your your grandma. Uh, I have a similar one with my grandma Dickie, who just recently passed away this last year, and I remember she was. A golf fanatic and in retirement uh, her early years of retirement she was golfing quite a bit at a little country club up in all gray michigan and i remember her taking me for the very first time and me swinging the club and that's where i became you know uh, addicted to the game of golf just absolutely loved it and as i got older and she got older and she started you know not playing as much but anytime i'd go back and be around my grandma i'd tell her about my my latest golf game or how it was going and uh, I remember the last time I drove up to Michigan, uh, I was at, at, and this was when she had taken the fall and we knew kind of was you know, the, 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 the time was kind of coming. And I knew when I went uh, to uh, her place to have my converse, conversation with her, I knew it was going to be the last time I spoke with her. And I remember just sitting next to her in, in her bed, uh, holding her hand and just recounting all the stories all the all the memories, just thanking her for uh, all the things that she had had exposed me to as a little boy, and just being a great grandmother. It just it reminds me of the people in life who take the time to help you and introduce you to things. You know how impactful that can be, and <clears throat> I, you know, it, Kenny, that was one of the things I saw with you as we were walking around your house and you were pointing out those pictures. You've been, so you had a grandmother who did that for you and gave you the, and helped you have this uh, desire to hunt and, and, and exposed you to that. And then you in turn have been that exact same type of person for scores of people, young kids, whether it's skiing or hunting or football or basketball and there's a, a uh, you've had impact in a whole bunch of people's lives because you took the time to spend, you know, spend a little effort and energy helping young people, uh, giving them tips, and they carry that with them for the rest of their life. There's no better way to, to spend a life than in the service of others. You just said a second ago, I know you, you said it as a little bit of a joke. Your grandmother told you to, you know, serve others, but you, that, that is, one hundred percent. The feeling I get hanging around you is that you love to be in the service of others and helping people, uh, and it, you, it brings you such joy. Right? That's just something that's natural to who you are. So I just want to thank you. Well, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, you know, my my wife is. It's easy to do it when your running mate's doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
my wife, if, if I have, uh, if, if there's a meter on how much of that you can do, my wife's needle is laying on the post. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, it's, mm -hmm. uh, she, she is, she excels in that regard. And, and, you know, if we take it, I think I told you guys this, when we got, when we started the date 45 years ago in a very short, short period of time, um, she, she didn't know anybody that owned a firearm for hunting self-defense or anything uh -huh. for art. Yeah. Uh, and so she, uh, talk about getting thrown off the deep into the deep end of the pool before anybody knew you could swim. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and she hung in there. So, well, for, for, uh, those who are listening to the podcast, as opposed to watching what I'm seeing right now, but uh, right behind you in your office there. I mean, literally every wall in your house has a, um, a beautiful mount of an animal, whether it's a pheasant, some type of uh, rare exotic bird. There's deer everywhere. I mean, you are an avid hunter, and uh, there are guns everywhere. So it's like your entire house is a man cave. So you, you, your your wife Kathy is a saint for saying like, all right, honey, we'll let you we'll let you uh, decorate this this home like a, a hunt lodge. But uh, yeah, she she truly is the best. And the the funny thing was, I, when uh, Joe and I were, were we were driving up to stay with you guys, and um, I walked like you guys were like, all right, here's your here's your bedroom, and I was like, uh, this is who whose room is this? I, I feel like I'm taking somebody's room. You're like, oh no, you're not. You're, this is your room. And sure enough, it was you and Kathy had given me your bedroom, and I was like, oh my gosh, come on guys, I like I can handle. You could put me on the couch downstairs in the guest room, but. That's the, the, the type of servant heart that you have of just like, no, you can have our room. So I knew your eyes when you saw it, when you walk in there, you had this big bed, own suite, his own mm -hmm. sitting area, own door wall out to overlook in the bay. I was and, like, this doesn't um, look like a guest bedroom. This looks like the no. master bedroom. I think you asked me, and I, I did not lie, you asked me if this was our room, and I said, they're all our rooms. Yeah. You know, yes. my house. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was just afraid you was you were going to want to stay in the motorhome. <laughs> oh, I, I, lo I love your motorhome. I love your motorhome. We've had, we've had some good memories in that one as well. So tell us about this gun. That's one, one of the things that I, you know, we've talked a little bit about um, the, the artistic aspects of you know hunting and and so forth but the one of the things that i was just really astonished is just to see the artistry when we walked into this uh, gun shop and especially on these uh firearms but you have a uh, a gun that's made in italy if i'm not mistaken and it's a, a spectacular firearm it is literally designed to uh, i i love it i'm definitely getting one what's the name of it it's a Caesar Garini. Caesar Garini. All right. Yeah, and uh, sounds Italian. Oh, cause it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know what you want me to tell about it. I, I, my high school football coach had the had the first over and under shotgun that I had ever seen. That was mm -hmm. in 1969. I'd never seen one. Okay. And um, I was helping him at his house do some work one day uh, on Saturday and. He brought this gun out to show it to me. And from that point on, I wanted one. I mm -hmm. wanted an over and under. Mm -hmm. And uh, 10 or 15 years ago, I, I had an opportunity to get the, the gun that um, Joe, the gun that Joe was shooting mm -hmm. that day. And um, 
the high school principal here in Sutton's Bay is an avid grouse hunter, and I was talking to him about, you know, where you might go to look, and he told me to, where to go and to, to talk, ask if you could talk to a guy by the name of Brian, who you didn't get a chance to meet because he wasn't there. Okay. Um, so I went there, and I walked in, I don't know, 5 o'clock at night, and uh, he was closing at 6. He spent till 7.30 with me, letting me handle different guns, uh, kind of getting me more comfortable explaining a little bit to me. And, and I could have gone across the street, literally, mm-hmm. and bought that gun for $200 less. But the guy had spent two and a half hours with me. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And uh, I remember when he said, uh, I said, I'm taking this one. And I said, now I need to look at the price tag because I'd waited long enough that mm-hmm. this was a $1,200 shotgun at the time, the mm-hmm. one that Joe was shooting. And um, so I kind of developed a little bit of a relationship and I don't mind looking at that as, mm-hmm. you know, it, this is not an extravagant gun, extravagant gun collection or mm-hmm. what you see behind mm-hmm. me. Um, there's, I know people in our organization that have nicer trophy mm-hmm. displays than I have, but it's, it works for me. And, mm-hmm. and I viewed all that stuff as art, yeah. but, um, his shop used to be next to the Hallmark store and, um, Kathy was in getting some cards, and I, of course, didn't want to miss an opportunity to go into the gun shop there. And he handed me a, a gun just to, to look at, and boy, it felt nice. Mm-hmm. It, it felt really nice. This is after I had the gun that Joe was Joe shot. And uh, was is the is the gun that Joe shot also a Caesar Greeny, or is that a different one? No, that's a Browning. Okay, that's a Browning. That's a Browning. The gun that you shot is the Caesar Greeny, and that's the one we everybody shot that one at, mm-hmm. at the sporting clay event. But um, anyway, I'll shorten the story up. Uh, Kathy to. walked in and caught me red-handed mm-hmm. with this gun in my hand, <laughs> and she said, uh, "What are you? Uh, what are you doing?" I said, "Oh, I'm looking at something I probably don't need, even though I was getting more and more attached to this thing because it was like the third time I'd been in the store. I had a brochure in my desk and." And uh, she said, well, you had a good year. Go ahead and get it. And I remember Brian looked at me and said, you have outkicked your coverage mm-hmm. by marrying this lady. Yeah. And uh, so that gun is probably now 12 or 13 years old. Uh, and that's the gun that the firearm that you shot. Yeah. It feels that- so good in your hand. Oh, my gosh. It's like a glove. It, it's just every aspect of that gun is beautiful and it feels so great i mean you just love bringing it up to your cheek I mean, it's just like it's so natural right getting what did you call it when you use is it setting the gun is that you're mounting the gun when you mounting, mount it mounting the gun mounting yeah. the gun is so easy and you know what i just remember bob what's that we left we left kenny and never cleaned our guns well i watched him i watched him he, he did he he cleaned them a little bit Okay. Yeah. I no, I cleaned all three of the guns while you took your nap, and, <laughs> <laughs> and Bob is my witness. And then mm-hmm. I cleaned the finished cl- cleaning up the birds while mm-hmm. you, you know, were doing your reading, and and uh, that's no, it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> you take care. I mean, I forgot about. It. I just thought about it. When you have something that works the way yeah. these things work, and and yeah. you take care of it. Mm-hmm. What's the name of the What's the name of the gun shop that you have there locally? Let's give them a shout out. This is Field Sport, and they're Field known Sport. all over the place. Yeah. And uh, Field Sport is is the name, and um, Brian Belinsky is the owner. And uh, I don't go in. I mean, he's 
the one that I was so into it that I really listened to what he was saying mm -hmm. when he sold me that first gun. Yeah. And so I've helped people um, find guns other places, and I can kind of coach mm -hmm. them a little as to and, – and coach them enough so that they can tell a difference in, the, in yeah. two firearms when they pull them off. Um, well, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one from his shop. So, you know, Brian, you know, it's Brian, right? Brian, you treat me well when I come up there. There you go. <laughs> you know, I noticed I was impressed with that shop, too, guys. They had a guy, a uh, gentleman sitting there. It wasn't Brian, but one of his staff mm -hmm. that knew all about I mean, he had a, a, a nice wooden desk. He had, I mean, he, you could tell he was the pro that mm -hmm. knew all that. Everything there was to know about any of those firearms in there, he knew about it. And you don't see that at other just regular retailers, mm -hmm. right? That's why they specialize and do yeah. such a good job. My understanding is they ship stuff all over the country, right? Not just there locally. Yeah, he used to travel. Um, I didn't tell Bob this because I wanted to make sure Bob came to Traverse City to meet him, but um, he travels. <laughs> Now in Bob's way, putting on clinics and things for shooting hunting clubs and uh, uh, sportsmen's organizations, nice. um, and uh, he might be starting to slide away from that a little mm -hmm. bit because, like everybody else, he's getting a little bit older. But mm -hmm. uh, by no stretch of the imagination, my vintage. But it's just uh, it goes back to finding somebody you trust and mm -hmm. then just listening yep. uh, to what they have to say, and and you can sort out. My son just had an experience. He purchased a firearm, and and uh, he called me when it was all over and told me what a terrible experience it was, but he didn't have a choice. He knew what he wanted because he's operates in that arena uh, but um, for, his, for his livelihood. But um, he said the way he was treated at the store and, and uh, the carelessness of the, the staff when mm -hmm. even handling the firearms mm -hmm. uh, caused him to... To, to be concerned, he was actually upset about that, which mm -hmm. I, wow. I guess that's a good, it's a good thing he was upset, but, yeah. um, you know, he's not, he's not careless with, with stuff like that. And Joe, you've met Cody, my dad, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, good, he had a good upbringing, right, Kenny, because he knew what, what was right and what was wrong. Well, his mom did a wonderful mm -hmm. job. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, okay. A, it's okay for you to Kenny, take Kenny, some credit, too. Yeah, we know, yeah. we know who the credit goes that's to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. <laughs> well, I'm sure you could probably, and it sounds like Cody had an experience maybe with a big box retailer or whatever. I won't mention names, but um, th there, there is a big difference, I think, when you're walking into a, a small uh, shop that specializes in a particular thing and they view it as art and they're passionate about it versus a big box retailer that's just like, hey, we've got stuff in here, we're going to sell it. And um, maybe they're not as uh, passionate about it, but um, it, you definitely got the sense that uh, these gentlemen knew exactly what they were doing, loved the sport, um, loved the art that they were selling, because I, I, I truly believe that that's what it is. And uh, when I go when I go back, right when I'm when I am ready to you know pull the trigger and and, and get a new over under. Uh, that's where I'll be going. I'll be going with you, Kenny, and I'll be back there. I'm next time I come up there, I'm going to bring. Um, a couple of my kids because I want them to experience the exact same thing that I did and I want them to go through those fields and ha have a, a hunt, a successful hunt. And I think Johnny and his brothers that run that operation, there's there's no group of people I would rather take my children to have their first hunt than with those guys right there. For sure. That whole crowd, 
uh, there's a uh, sister that's involved there as well. She she is a self-trained vet. She takes care of the dogs that they hunt with. Wow. Wow. That's you see her behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. But Johnny's, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, 37 and he's the eldest of Mm -hmm. the of the crew. You didn't get to meet them all, but the um, talented family. Yeah, yeah it just goes to show that you know that family thing, and I don't know all of them like you do, Ken, but uh, they're just a family. They're in business with their family and love what they do. What a better, what's better? I mean, they're mm-hmm. doing exactly what they love to do every day with the dogs, own their own business, they can make a living, married, have the kids, uh, all that up in a beautiful area. Mm-hmm. So hats off to them. They're great, great yeah. people. For sure. And I will tell you one other thing about that family that, that if we would not have had Johnny as our guide, his two brothers would have bragged on him for his taxidermy work like nobody's business while mm-hmm. we were up. Mm-hmm. They just support each other really, really well. That's great. That's awesome. And we've covered a lot of territory on this. I can't wait to get back to Sutton's Bay. Can't wait to get back for another pheasant hunt. But in the meantime, while we are uh, planning our next adventure, I want to hear what you guys are uh, reading currently. I, I love anytime I chat with people. I like to hear the books that they're reading, what they're, how they're learning, how they're growing. So, what, do you guys have a uh, a book that you're currently reading that uh, is making an impact in your life or that you're enjoying? Leading with a limp. Oh, it's a great one. And Kenny, Kenny was for those who are listening. Kenny held up a book, Leading with a Limp. Who's, who's the author on that? Dan B. Allen. Allender. Okay. And he's got a whole bunch of extra initials behind his name, which means he's probably knows how to write stuff, I guess. I don't there know. There you go. <laughs> PhD is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you were here, I still go back to a book that, that I read and recommended and gave to our coaching staff, uh, that book, Well Done, that we had and uh, that came through. Uh, I mean, you think about training dogs and coaching athletes and, and uh, uh, raising children mm-hmm. and, and uh, running a job crew on a job site. Mm-hmm. I needed to read that one long, uh, way earlier in my building career. There might not have been as much uh, as many casualties mm-hmm. on the job site as there was starting out. Uh, but that, 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 fact, that one is another one I, I go back to a lot. Um, What's a key principle out of whale? That's uh, whale as in the fish, whale done, not well done. But what's a key principle for uh, for those who are listening at home? For me, it was um, don't scold the behavior you don't want, but praise the behavior that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and it applies to lots and lots of things, I think. Um, I shared with you the story of our baseball team that had – Oh, that's an incredible story. I love that. That you know, we got mercyed in three innings by a team that was obviously better than us, but we weren't the team. And one of the coaches was going to tell them everything they did wrong, and he proceeded to do that, and then ask if I had anything to add, which scared those that hadn't been called out already. Yeah. Um, and I just told them that I didn't rec- basically short story. I didn't recognize the team I just saw in the field. So the nightmare is over. The noise that they heard in the background was the alarm clock in the bat bag. Mm-hmm. The nightmare is over. Go have your in between the game snack. And we ended up coming back and, and beating that team in the second game of the doubleheader. But um, no point in scolding them. They didn't make the, 
they didn't make the errors on mm -hmm. purpose. They were trying to do it right. It just didn't right. work out. Right. And uh, they, it, it, that was uh, proof in the pudding right there for me that you know, we don't need to dwell on the mistakes. Let's dwell on the positive stuff and mm -hmm. move forward. And that's yeah. the premise of the book. That's you don't awesome. take a 135-pound female trainer and put them in, the, in a pool with a killer whale and have them scold them, mm -hmm. thinking that's going to be a pleasant outcome for yeah. anybody, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> true statement. Well, th thanks for sharing. Joey, how about you? Well, Bob, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you uh, suggested I read a book. Uh, you thought it was great. The Obstacle is the Way. And I think I called you even a week ago. I know you and I meet on our weekly basis. And mm -hmm. I was talking about uh, actually section two uh, of this whole book about just keep moving. So uh, it's by Ryan Holiday, I think is the author. Mm -hmm. So um, the obstacle is the way so many times in life. The biggest thing I get, I remember calling you Bob on this. Like I got, there's this, I, the, you get nuggets out of what you read, mm -hmm. but this one just kind of, maybe it was maybe some of the things I was going through at the time. But uh, when there, whenever there's obstacles, so many times people just sit and try to figure out you know, what, try to navigate what to do. There's an mm -hmm. obstacle, yep. but the biggest key I got in that book, and I strongly encourage anybody to read, it's not uh, on our book of the month club yet, but I'm sure it will be, is just get moving, do mm -hmm. something. You can't sit. And I've, I don't know if you guys have done this. I know Kenny well enough that uh, I'm sure that you get into a spot where just things were going as uh, the way you really wanted them to. Mm -hmm. And you just sit there and you just start thinking negative. You start thinking, and the best way to get out of that. It's just a stinking get moving, go mm -hmm. do something, get work toward getting out of that, uh, that obstacle. Cause it's not going to change. The obstacles yeah. still there. Right. Yeah. So, uh, just getting through the obstacle. I just, it's just a, just a unbelievable reminder for me because I can feel myself getting to that. And, and I've learned that years ago, but just to hear it written in a different form, mm -hmm. just was really enlightening to me for sure. Uh, that has been a, an enormously impactful book for me, especially, you know, going through the whole uh, last couple of years, you know, the, the COVID issues. And then we had, you know, we have the global economy and inflation, all the various things that are going on. And just knowing it's like, yeah, there's, there's going to be challenges. There's going to be obstacles if you, you, in business. Business leaders and owners have had to navigate a labyrinth of a challenging times. But the thing that you can't do is just sit there and be like, well, hopefully this will blow over and I'm just going to wait for better days. It's like, no, you got to lean in. You have to get up. You have to be in action. Focus on the things that you can control. Understand every single day there's going to be an obstacle, a challenge, something, right? Uh, that, that could be frustrating, but you've got to have to figure out how to navigate it, how to pivot, how to adapt, how to overcome. Um, and so it's like that book right there is such a... Uh, it's, a, it's a great book to help you stay in action mode. And when you're in action, you're going to have success. Uh, when you stop, uh, so one of the uh, principles, my brother's an army ranger, and it's on the battlefield, you know, the, the quickest way to die is to stay in, stay in one place. It is shoot, move, shoot, move, shoot, move. You're constantly looking at improving your fighting position. And, um, right? and so it, business is no different. If you just sit there, you're gonna, we're gonna get steamrolled, right? And so this, the act, um, the obstacles the way by Ryan Holiday, uh, phenomenal book to help people stay in action mode. So, shoot, move, shoot, move, just like hunting, right, Kenny? I mean, we, we had, we had a great spot where we were, uh, we flushed a bunch of birds, but we got to keep on moving down through that cornfield, get more targets. The, uh, 
Not many pheasants have been killed from a recliner. <laughs> That's right. Only on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that old. Remember, did you guys play that old Nintendo game? Remember the very first Nintendo that came out, and they had that shooting game. It was like you had a, you had a little gun. And it was like the little dog would pop up, and there'd be like the birds would fly, and you'd, you know, it, yeah, exactly. You have to the reload gun it. Would pop up, Bob. Yeah. Remember? Oh, yeah. So you'd see it, like yeah. this plastic thing popping yep. up on you. Uh, oh, man, I played that by the hours. I loved it. Nintendo hasn't made it to the northern part of the state yet, so. Uh, you, you guys are still using eight tracks up there, Kenny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just learned how to operate the Wii knitting machine. <laughs> Well, we're we're definitely going to have another uh, hunting excursion up to Sutton's Bay, uh, spend some time with Ken and Kathy Herman uh, and the great team up there, and I can't wait. You've got uh, Ken. I know we started off at the beginning of this just talking about the the relationships that you've built up there, um, the the people that you're serving in the community, and how you've been serving the kids. But you've done a phenomenal job. I can't wait to get back up there and spend time with you. And so for those listening, if you want want to have some fun. Uh, figure out a time when we can uh, all get together and uh, go back up there. It'll be an adventure that you don't want to miss. Right, Joe? Amen. I'm not going to miss it. That's right. Me neither. (laughs) Me neither. Joe was a little bit iffy about even going with us. That's Uh, a true, that is so true, but I'm so glad I did. I, I, this is everybody knows, like I've hunted years ago and all that and went deer hunt. I've done all, but over, I don't know, 20 years, I just haven't been much except for sporting clay with you mm-hmm. guys. And that. Yeah. So I told Ken, I said, you know, I'll just get back, maybe stay back, help the girls get some things ready or something. And you guys can all go because Jim Martin was going to be, you know, obviously here. Mm-hmm. You, you guys are all pros, but I'm so glad I went because that was, I'd go again tomorrow if we, yeah. you know. There wasn't a Illinois football game. I'd go up there. It's it was a riot. It was a blast. And we had a lot of fun. And thanks for inviting us. And it was a great time for sure. All right. Well, I'm counting on you two to kind of start circling some dates and figuring out when our next adventure is. We got to do it. Let's roll. Kenny's probably already got it circled before he even ends this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and, and your bet will be ready for you, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> n- n- next time I now I know uh, what's going on. I'll be I know my way to the basement, and I will find my way to the the uh, the guest bedroom down there. But I I won't be t- taking the master bedroom again. But thank you for your hospitality, Kenny. And please uh, pass my thanks on to your your incredible wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's she is incredible. Yeah. I think she's she's passing through here every once in a while listening to some of this so oh that's great <laughs> so make sure you're talking good about her like you always do yeah like, <laughs> thank you that's right <laughs> if you guys saw kenny's face you guys are missing i, I know this could be out on audio the facial expressions are the best face. yeah that's right <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we've. Uh, I thank you for the time that you've invested in this today. This has been uh, phenomenal. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week in uh, Independence, Missouri. And then, of course, we will um, be back up there in Sutton's Bay soon, Ken, for another another epic hunt. But thanks for your time. Yeah. Thanks for your information. And um, appreciate you investing with us today. Oh, no worries. No worries. Thank you so much. Great podcast, Bob. Keep up the good work. We love listening to it. And I hope everybody else does, too, out there also. Oh, thanks, partner. Today's episode was engineered by Mitch White with graphic and marketing help by my daughter, Tristan Dickey. Special thanks to our guests, Joe D'Arcangelo and Ken Herman for taking the time to be with us. 
Please make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and give us a review. That's always appreciated and helpful. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We will be back later with more interviews with thought leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs. The movers and shakers taking leaps in life and in their careers to do interesting things, fostering change, and making the world a better place.